This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's first reading, like last Sunday's, is from the book of Amos. Amos is an Old Testament prophet who lives in the 8th century before Christ. At the time that Amos is working for God, his people, our Jewish spiritual ancestors, are both enjoying very significant material prosperity, wealth, and they're falling away from God. They're falling away from loving God and loving one another as God teaches them to love. It's very measurable, as always, for faithful Jewish people in their lack of meeting the material needs of other people. Please go home and read Amos. Amos looks around and he sees all kinds of immorality, all kinds of injustice, but woven through all of it is Judaism 101. We just prayed Psalm 146. That's probably written later than Amos, but that's like faithful Judaism 101. God hears the cry of the poor. God is mercy. God has a particular merciful love for people who are in real, material, practical need. If I'm a faithful Jewish person, I try to live God's love. The evidence of that is that when I see people who are hungry, who are thirsty, who are strangers, who are poor in any way, I take my stuff, and like God, I mercifully give my stuff to those people. So Amos's criticism of his people in the passage we just heard, it's a warning. He says, woe to you complacent. Complacence is a great word in my humble opinion. I'm complacent when I'm self-satisfied and I'm unaware of the actual dangers and the actual deficiencies in me. So you ask me, how are you doing? Everything is good. I am totally fine, but in fact, That's about myself, self-satisfaction, 
and I'm not aware of my own deficiencies. The image he has in that passage we just heard, and he's particularly focused on leaders, but he's talking about many other people. It's like you're sitting on these beautiful pieces of furniture. You're stretched out. You're eating very, very good food day by day. You're drinking wine from bowls. You're anointing yourselves with the finest oil. You're even making up music to accompany this lovely life you have. And you don't care at all about the fact that your nation is falling apart. People are suffering and you do not care. Woe to you complacent. He said, does this even matter really much to God? It complete, remember last week God says about these people, I will never forget anything they have done. In this one, Amos says from God, you are going to be the first to be led into exile. Not long after that, this that actually takes place to our Jewish ancestors, and the leaders are the first to be sent into exile. Your wanton revelry is going to come to an end. So the truth that, whether it's us as a group or each of us individually, that the measure of the authenticity of our relationship with God is practically what we do for other people in need is taught morning, noon, and night by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's woven all through Jesus' teaching. The passage that we just heard this morning from Luke 16, it's a warning. It's a warning parable that Jesus makes up for people who are supposedly of God 2,000 years ago and today. Very simple parable, story Jesus makes up. In the parable, there is a rich man. The rich man dines sumptuously every day. That's exceedingly rare in Jesus' time and place, that you would have enough wealth to eat sumptuously every day. He dresses in fine clothing. He clearly has a really nice house. Nothing wrong with any of that. In fact, those are all gifts from God. Those are all good material realities. The issue is, what does he do with all of these material blessings? Outside of his house, lying on the ground, so perhaps he is physically disabled, is a poor man named Lazarus. Lazarus is physically ill. He's covered with sores, some terrible disease. And maybe he's even an outcast because, as you'll recall, in Jesus' time and place, that kind of disease can be thought of as something ungodly. Lazarus is so poor and suffering that he longs to eat the scraps that fall from the rich man's table. Who, in fact, eats scraps that fall from the rich man's table? Very good, dogs. Dogs eat those scraps. Could remind you of the prodigal son, who, remember, he longed to eat the food that the pigs eat? This Lazarus is so hungry that he longs to live like a dog. He longs to eat like a dog. Dogs, in fact, interesting detail from Jesus in the parable, just out of instinct or whatever goes on inside the heads of dogs, they go and they lick Lazarus's sores. They recognize that he's suffering. Dogs lick his sores. What, in fact, in the parable does the rich man do for Lazarus? Absolutely nothing. Of all the choices he has, he doesn't even say hello to him. He knows his name. He knows this guy's name. He's not missing him. He doesn't greet him. He doesn't feed him. He doesn't give him care. He doesn't welcome into his home. He does not do anything whatsoever. 
in this story, again, be sure you get the details, this rich man claims to be a faithful Jewish person. He recognizes Abraham as his father. He recognizes Moses and the prophets as God's instruments. He is complacent. If you ask the rich man, this is a story, are you okay? He'd say, I'm absolutely okay. He's self-satisfied, but he doesn't do anything for the person in need right in front of him. The parable continues. Both guys die. Have you gotten this memo? We're all going to die, yes? So both people die. The rich man goes where? Hell, big H-E-L-L. He goes to hell. And Lazarus goes to heaven. He's in the bosom of Abraham. The rich man is able to see Lazarus and Abraham in heaven. And the rich man asks for a bit of mercy, what Lazarus has always needed. He asks Abraham to send Lazarus to dip his finger into water, to touch his tongue, to relieve the torment he's suffering in hell. What Lazarus always needed, and he did nothing, that's exactly what he's looking for, love. Get it? There is no love in hell. And then Abraham explains, there's a complete separation. You can't go from one side to the other. So he sends, says, still, get Lazarus to do all the work. Send Lazarus to my house. I have five brothers so that he can warn them about this so that they will turn around their lives. Abraham says they have Moses and the prophets. This is Judaism 101. Let them listen to them. And he says, no, but if someone comes from here, they will listen. And then the key, this is from Jesus, the Son of God. The key conclusion is, even if someone should rise from the dead, it doesn't mean that they're going to listen. I can completely relate to that in my sinfulness. I have been a professed Christian, really, from the time I was a little kid. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I have heard all of this teaching about living his love in the world. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he is the eternal Son of God. Does that mean I'm going to do anything for you today when I recognize your need? Absolutely, it does not mean that. It may or it may not. I have been in very complacent in my life. You could catch me at certain times. We, are you okay? I'm absolutely okay. Everything is fine. I'm good. Not true at all because I'm doing nothing to help meet your needs. So I hope that you will take that passage. It's a gift it's a warning from the Son of God who wants us to live his love now and eternally. Just take it seriously and honestly this week. I know it will be very encouraging to many of you, and if it shakes you up a little, get shaken. The last Sunday of September every year, we try to be honest as a community. We have a custom about two big questions and two big realities in this community in the past year, year by year. It's a reality check about our living together, the merciful love of Jesus Christ. So reality check number one is our Kor Una Meal Center across the street. We opened Kor Una on September 30th, 2006. So it's, this week is the anniversary week of opening. If you're visiting, Kor Una is a meal center over here. Well, let me back up. Lawrence, the 2020 census figures came out sometime in the past two years. We remain, it's not in the census, one of the richest communities in the United States in terms of love, 
and we remain one of the economically poorest communities in the United States. The average per capita income in Lawrence is $20,858. In 2022, the average adult makes $20,858. We have two to four times the poverty rate of, in the state of Massachusetts year by year. We have a significant percentage of us live below the poverty line, particularly children. Interestingly, we're the fastest growing community in Massachusetts. We had the largest growth between 2010 and 2020 of any community in Massachusetts. The average age in Lawrence is 32 years old. So we have all these thousands of kids everywhere because we're such a young community. The reality is still, 75% of children in our city at any given time are at risk for hunger, hunger in the United States of America. We serve free breakfast and free lunch to all the kids at Lawrence Catholic Academy every single day because 75% of our children may not have enough to eat today. September 30th, 2006, we opened up the Cora Una Meal Center, beautiful, beautiful building across the street through which we serve really robust restaurant breakfast and really robust restaurant dinner every single day, 365 days a year for free to anybody who's hungry in Lawrence. And what a shock, the biggest category of guests we serve are children because 75% of the children in our city may be hungry today. I have great pride in Corunum, particularly in things like the morning after the gas disaster in 2018, when this South Florence was evacuated, we served breakfast out the door of Corunum, particularly the morning after the lockdown in March of 2020, we serve breakfast to go and dinner to go outside of Cor Unum. We have never failed in 16 years to ever serve a scheduled meal. That's amazing. That is non-complacency. So if you guys, many of you are volunteers at Cor Unum, I really hope you celebrate that. I've got a lot of limitations, but boy, I would be a much nastier person if I were not part of that. I am so grateful to God to be part of that reality. And then finally on Corunum, we've kept the dining room closed since March of 2020 because of COVID, because we always had such a high COVID rate, such a low vaccination rate, kids couldn't be vaccinated, new unexpected waves. We do think now we are probably safe to get this dining room reopened. So this fall, we plan to do that. What we need is the volunteers again to do that. Again, claim to fame, we have a single one full-time salaried employee at Corunum. Everybody else is a volunteer. So I encourage you, as we start reopening the dining room, to be part of it, to not think about it, but to do it. Unless you're severely disabled, there is something for you to do at Corunum, to cook, to clean, to serve. I ask you all to do it. We'll, we'll get you up to date on what the needs are, not to think about it. The children of Lawrence particularly, they are our children, whoever you are. If you say someone else should be doing this, I'm okay. I do think 
that's false. So second thing we do this weekend every year is su submit to everyone our annual financial report. So if you're a registered parishioner, you should have received or you will receive this in the mail. This is the hard copy, which is a summary. They're in the welcome centers on your way out of church. The full report with all the numbers is online and the link is in here. When you read this, oh, Father Paul, why do you talk about money at church? I'm a spiritual being. I'm, a spi I'm like an angel. I have angel friends, and I don't like it when they talk about money in church. It seems so, so earthy. Why would you ever, because it costs a lot of money to run this place. You know all these hundreds of kids who come to be catechized? Shock, they need books, and you can't find them for free. This electricity, ooh, don't say that word these days. Uh, Someone has to pay the bill. I always call the light company and say, look, why don't you give it to us? Because you have to pay it. All these kids show up and they have, they're hungry and we have to feed them. We have a pretty small staff here who work very hard. Week after week, I tell them you should be doing this for free. It's for Jesus. You don't deserve a salary and they just can't make it, you know, without money. So it costs a lot of money. The good news you'll see in here is we once again balanced our budget the last fiscal year. We are always in the black in this parish. We increased by 20-something percent our weekly offertory and our monthly collections with our return to indoor masses. We continue to have a solid savings that we maintain for what we know will sooner or later be rainy days. So we are in really sound financial footing. That is because of you, or at least most of you, because of so many of you sacrificing your treasure week by week to do the work of Jesus Christ through this parish in 2022. For all your limitations, all your sinfulness, all your problems, all the problems of the world, I hope you celebrate this this week. The conclusion is we also this week launch our grand annual appeal. We have two major collections, one in the fall and one in the spring, to make up the difference between our expenses and our week-by-week -week offertory collections. We'll start this collection next Sunday, the second collection, and we need to raise at least $175,000 in this collection. Here's how we'll do it. The mantra, I hope you know all three of these things by now. If you think this is repetitive, I could not be more thankful about anything. We expect 100% participation, generous, sacrificial gifts, 100% participation. Every man, woman, and child in this parish is expected to contribute to this collection. Fair is fair. Every single one of us benefits from the ministry of Jesus concretely in this parish. Every single one of us is responsible for contributing. There are very few precepts of the Catholic Church one of them is we have an obligation to contribute financially to the support of our parish wherever we live. If you are in the very small minority of people who are still sitting here thinking, I'm not going to contribute, you are complacent. You're absolutely complacent. Don't be complacent. And nobody likes you, so just contribute. <laughs> Number two, uh, generous. This is key, right? $20,858 average per capita income. If that were just it, this parish would be closed. 
we would not have a million plus dollars to run this operation year by year. Some of us make less than $20,858 a year. Some of us make way, 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 way more, thank God, than that. If we give generously at all of our different income levels, of course we always find that God has given us more than enough money to do his work here. God would not ask us to work for him and not give us the resources. So it is critically important that we all be generous. That may be $300 for an adult. It may be $25 for a kid. For some people, it will be a five-figure gift in this community. That's how we always succeed. One small note on that. You know, you go to the supermarket. Maybe I just need to speak to a therapist about this. I go to the supermarket these days, and I watch, you know, they're ringing up my thing, and then the total comes. Like, I need a trauma team when that number comes up, the final grocery bill. So if you're a single mom in Lawrence and you haven't got more money and food inflation alone is 10 or so percent, it is not possible to be more generous probably this year. It's just not possible. When I see that total at market basket, I do have more money. So I have been generous personally in these collections. I really was generous last fall. I'm going to be more generous this year. I pledge that to you personally, and I hope some of you will join me in that. I have a deeper pocket than the average single mom in Lawrence, and I can take more out of that to be more generous this year. I I really hope those of you who can will do that. Finally, sacrificial. Love is sacrificial. There's the ultimate revelation of love. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sacrifices his entire life to bring salvation to the worst sinner that would be me. If I am giving a donation to do his work to him and for him, it should be sacrificial, meaning I'm going to take money that I really want to spend on other things, and I'm going to sacrifice it in this collection to help support the building of his kingdom in this community. I do love him and I do love you, and I do love this entire city, and I'm gonna make a love gift in this appeal, which is by nature sacrificial. So 100% participation, generous, sacrificial, second collection next Sunday. If you don't have these, please pick them up at the welcome centers. There is a letter with an envelope. You can also do this online via our website. Please spend time on this this week. Bring your gift next Sunday, and I believe, I believe we will have even more to celebrate next year at this time. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.